Hello, Jane. Hey, Issa. <laughs> Welcome, everyone. This is Under the Bleachers. We are two adults who watch and discuss movies for teens. This week, to all the boys I've loved before. I keep getting it wrong. I always say to all the boys I've ever loved. Same. But that's or, not yeah, the right that's name. That's what I say, too, and it's wrong. Yeah. Um. So I just say to all the boys. Uh, we're really excited to discuss this one because it's one that we like. <laughs> yep. Um. Jane, we, uh, right before recording, uh, for the listeners, I'm in a bathrobe because the bathroom ceiling in our apartment is torn open and I was supposed to take a shower, but water was leaking out of the ceiling onto the bathtub. So I didn't oh. want my upstairs neighbor's shower water to be dripping onto my naked body. <laughs> <laughs> so I stopped. Um, we had a plumber come and like try to look at our bathroom and fix it. And it was very entertaining. Um, he had like a deep uh, New Yorker voice, nice like, New York accent. I can't do it, but he um. Hey, I, I gotta it. look at the plumbing, uh, <laughs> and then I want to go get a pizza. He did. Okay, there were two funny things about his visit. First, he wasn't Italian. No, okay. so <laughs> I mean maybe Jewish. he was. So maybe he two was options, the Italian or the Jewish one. <laughs> um, I guess he had a Queens accent. I don't know, but he um. First, he called me Asa instead of Isa, so mm. he was calling me Asa a bunch, and then he asked me to spell my name, and I said I-S-A, <laughs> and um, I could tell that when he heard that, he was like, oh shit, I've been saying it wrong, because for the rest of the visit, he just tried to call me Isa. <laughs> He just like tried to skip over the syllable. Like he coughs before as he says your name. Hey. Um. The other funny thing is that he was trying to explain how the woman upstairs, whose bath water is leaking onto our bodies, uh, (laughs) was um being terrible to schedule with, Mm. and he was trying to say like, yeah, this lady, she uh, I don't want to speak badly about her, but uh. (laughs) She, you know, one time I, he said that he, he spelled her name wrong as well, which I was like, <laughs> yeah, I can believe that. But, um, he said that he left a letter. He was like, I left one, I wrote her a note and I left the letter out of her name. And she said that I was gaslighting her and oh. I had to look it up. I didn't know what that was. <laughs> Clearly not on Twitter. Congrats to that, man. He was like, I had to Google it. Cause I didn't, I, I can't do his voice. And he was like, I had to Google what gaslighting was. <laughs> and I, it was really hard for me not to laugh. That was just like a drill tweet. <laughs> <laughs> um, so you know things are a little rough at our apartment. Did right he now, fix it? Did you shower? He diagnosed the problem, but he has not fixed it. So I just can't shower if the person above us is taking a bath, or I'll get her body water on mm. my body. Mm-hmm. That's the way I'm thinking about it. Yeah. Hopefully, no one ever encounters this. But that's why. That's why it's nice to um, cuddle up with a nice rom-com. Yes. A nice rom-com. You can be smelly and watch a rom-com. We love this movie because, well, I love this movie and it's also, to me, it marks a significant beginning Mm. of a teen rom-com wave that Netflix started. Would you agree, Jane? I don't know if it is the the actual starting point, but it does feel like my beginning of my netflix rom-com journey i will say that 
Yeah, it seems that Netflix was testing a bunch of original movies and hit the jackpot with this one. And um, part of it might have been, you know, the indie slash alt pop music, the cute but slightly alt ethnically diverse cast. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Noah Centineo and uh, Lana Condor. Um, But I I don't know. It seems like this was their first big big one. And I was going to ask, prior to this movie... What were some of the last contemporary post-2010 rom-coms that you really liked? Or that were, like, to you, like, in your A tier of, like, good movies? Ooh. I mean, the first one that comes to mind is Easy A. Is that even... Yeah. Is that new enough? That is 2010. That is 2010. I looked it up. Okay. That's That's a great one. But honestly, I can't... I mean... They tend to be older when I think of, like, great rom-coms. Me too, yeah. I do think this isn't a teen one, but I think Crazy Stupid Love is another good one. I don't you ever know see that, one? that one. <gasps> Wait, I, do I? I think you'd like it. With Ryan Gosling and Emma Stone. Oh, okay. I think I have seen that, but I don't remember he, it. Um, Sorry. He, like, he, Steve Carell, like, gets advice on essentially getting queer-eyed by him to like get pussy (laughs) oh nice that's like the plot of the movie it's a really good rom-com i prefer that ryan to the other ryan ryan gosling to ryan reynolds absolutely ryan reynolds to me his face is like like white chalk i don't know it's just so (laughs) boring whatever i enjoy ryan gosling he has a little bit of like a interesting affect and accent in that rom-com but i that's like the last one after easy a i think it was 2015 or something like that that i really liked oh and emma stone yeah and emma stone yeah pattern she sort of launched her own wave um speaking of launching this movie features noah centineo uh (laughs) the face that launched a thousand google searches for his age (laughs) 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 um i just remember everyone watching this movie and googling the male actors ages including you and me Wait, we did? <laughs> I feel like you and I discussed whether he was old enough to want to fuck. <laughs> how old? And how old is he? Claire, I have no memory, um, obviously. Actually, I have no memory. Wait, how old is he? He's a little younger than us. He was born in 1996, so he's 24. Okay, I looked up Lana Condor's age. She's also 24. Oh, cute. I, I think, yeah. or, or 23. Yeah, she's around that age. Um, I love Lana Condor. Actually, I was just telling you this. Watching this movie made me remember how much I really liked her performance in it. And also, they were like platonic best friends while filming. I mean, you can't Slash convince me that it was really only platonic. really good marketing. <laughs> they, were, yeah, they were great sure. at playing up the, like, who are they dating? What the teens wanted, yeah. They gave us I mean, what we wanted. I have watched a few YouTube videos with them, and they do seem to genuinely get along and have yeah, good Yeah, I agree. Chemistry. It does seem like that. I actually just posted one on our Twitter if anyone oh, nice. wants to see them interacting uh, <laughs> not on script, check out Under the, the Bleachers um, on Twitter. Lana Condor's first movie was actually X-Men Apocalypse, I just learned, oh. which I had watched, but I didn't notice her. And there's a funny quote from her in the wiki, I think, that's kind of her being like, yeah, it was really wild for this to be my first movie. Because you can imagine when you film a superhero movie that's really in the Marvel age, it's just probably like all green screen and all like acting into acting into green screen aliens and shit and like people wearing motion capture things (laughs) on their face so it's probably really bewildering for that to be her first film and she must have been really young 
yeah, the quote from her is kind of her being like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, I don't know what was happening, um, which I can relate to. Um, but I, I'm really, I really like this movie. It's, it, I looked up a little more about it and I think, um, it's cute that despite it's, you know, it's a Netflix movie, so it had big money behind it, but it's an indie director. And I think that might have a little bit of the indie movie feel. Mm. There's some interesting like cuts and framings yes. in it and. Yep. Also, the I fact that thing. it's only 99 minutes is awesome. Ideal. T- um, ideal timing. Ideal length of movie. Um, the script writer is a playwright. Um, and uh, I think that he- this script writer was good. Um, and it's based on a book series, which I think has a great depiction of an Asian American or multiracial family um, without... Honestly, like as an Asian person, without being too annoying about it. Right. <laughs> like something that this is around the same time that Crazy Rich Asians came out. And Crazy Rich Asians is a great comedy, trashy, trashy uh, book series similar to Gossip Girl. Then the movie came out and everyone just took themselves way too fucking seriously, in my opinion. I didn't like that movie and I had to... <laughs> we saw it in theaters together. We watched together, it together. And yeah. you were bummed out. And then my parents came over weeks later or like by the time it was on HBO. And for some reason, we ended up watching it again. Did they like it? They liked it. Of course they did. But I didn't I think it, for the second time. I don't know. A lot of people disagree with me on this, but I was just a little annoyed by how nothing about Crazy Rich Asians was, like, campy and funny the way that the book is. Um, Because the books are hilarious. Um, There's some sirens going off in Jane's Jane's background, so I'm just going to note this and we can wait a second. (laughs) Uh, Anyway, um, do you want to take us into it? Yeah, let's do it. Okay, so... Despite having incredible boobs, Laura Jean has never had a boyfriend. She can't <laughs> act on her true feelings for her longtime friend Josh because he's her sister Margot's ex-boyfriend. Even with Margot off at college, LJ doesn't feel right dating him. Instead, she writes him a letter, something she's done for all the boys she's loved before, and stores it in her closet. Uh, I love... Um the the family interactions in this movie but i i did notice this time watching i was like this house is too perfect it's gorgeous <laughs> her room she has amazing wallpaper and there's art everywhere it's so be- and notable you know her mom is dead so this is a single <laughs> single father household and i mean their house is just beautiful yeah i mean he is not um, to be sexist. it sounds like he's an obgyn <laughs> surgeon so he does make enough money conceivably to have a beautiful house but it is beautifully decorated uh the their korean mom has died and their white dad cannot make korean food properly which is i think a joke that i thought was really cute and funny yeah Um, it was funny so i was watching this movie with my parents so first of all it was so loud because they're deaf so (laughs) i heard everything um clearly (laughs) But also they they thought it was super cute when when she brought out like the he cooked the meat and he like burnt it to a crisp. And then the daughter brings out the new meat that she cooked and they're like, wink, wink, just shove it in there. And they were like, ha, ha, ha. So funny. Yeah. The family dynamics work. And I don't know if that's because they worked in the book. I have not read this book or if because the director was good at what she does. Something that (laughs) I noticed this time around is that Margot, the older sister, is played by this actor who plays Mona in Pretty Little Liars. Mm -hmm. 
And she looked too old in Pretty Little Liars, and she looks too old she now. Looks she looks so about 35. <laughs> old. She's So she's 32, and I, I think she looks that age. She also, she potentially could be uh, Lana Condor's mom. Like, I actually would believe yeah. that. I did want to ask you, does it bother you that the sisters look nothing alike and are not Korean? Yeah, well, Lana isn't either. Yeah, she's um, Vietnamese. She's Vietnamese-American goddess. Um, (laughs) I guess it does bother me, but that's pretty normal for Asian casting. People just cast whoever because it is, you know, there's... I, I also don't think... Some people are like... There was this weird trend in high school of people being like, I can tell just from looking at someone, whether they're Chinese or Japanese or Korean. And I was like, no, you can't. <laughs> that is ethnicity. No, that's different. <laughs> but um, so, you know, it, it bothers me a little, but I think that just happens when there's few Asian American actors working that you can choose from who have the right type of contract. <laughs> right. So that's just like a labor question more of like... <laughs> I mean, it, this um, would this would bother me in, in any case that they just truly look yeah they definitely nothing they alike. truly look nothing alike. I think maybe I almost thought that maybe Kitty and the the youngest sister and Mona maybe or my God Margot I keep calling her Mona because they're pretty little liars yeah they're more believable. Anyway, not to slam her, she is gorgeous. Everyone is gorgeous in this movie, but she just looks her age, which is normal. Um, <laughs> not much happens immediately. It was kind. Of, it was kind of. Um, we've watched so many movies that just move so so fast in the beginning that this was nice to just sit with the family and get a peek into the family. Besides setting up her writing these letters, I did. I was um, into it really quick. Like mm-hmm. the beginning scene starts with her in this faux fantasy. She's sort of in Rapunzel wear and she's in this field. Right. And I don't know, I, I was maybe because I was so tired and I was just like emotionally invested in this movie much more this watch than I was the first time. I was totally in love with oh, it. Oh, I love immediately. it. I think I think the the romantic dreamy girl who writes love letters or reads romance fiction is a great character and they pulled it off really well. It's similar to um, Jane the Virgin. She is also a romantic at heart and the authors, and that works if you actually show the character doing stuff related to that, which they do successfully. I do find it a little weird that the platonic guy next door became Margot's boyfriend, but only because that would never happen in my family. <laughs> and also because he does look like a high schooler and she is older and uh, I don't yeah. know. That, that <laughs> yeah, was weird. I didn't even think of that. <laughs> did you see, what did you think of her outfit? At one point she's wearing a flannel shirt over tan shorts with knee high <laughs> socks and boots. I mean, I think that I think that every outfit of Lana Condor's is very uh, Laura Covey in a per- almost too perfect way, and it's something that I would personally never wear. But if I saw another girl wearing it, I'd be like, "Wow, you put a lot of effort into this, and you're pulling it off." Yeah, did you not like it? <laughs> I thought it was ridiculous, but I thought she looked great. I don't know. I mean, it's hard yes. because she really is so beautiful and so perfect, but. Every outfit in this movie for every high schooler is so is so perfect. Um, and we'll get to that a little more, too, with her friend. But uh, who has a very specific aesthetic. Oh, my gosh. Um, I thought so. But uh, I love the, the main conceit. The main uh, conflict or main thing that triggers everything is her writing a letter about her feelings and storing it. Because 
instead of going with the ahem ahem Dash and Lily trope of girl who reads or girl who writes, like she is, aside from being a girl who reads, <laughs> someone who does something kind of interesting and unique about writing down her feelings. She's dreamy and romantic, but she's scared of her feelings. And that's perhaps connected to their mom being dead, like, which is a big part of their lives. But some time has passed. It's just... So many emotions are handled in this source material, perhaps by the author of the book, that are so much better done than other teen movies we've seen. Yeah. Uh, if anyone has watched The Kissing Booth, which also features a dead mom, it's bonkers compared As to this. As a ghost, she's just like haunting everyone, showing up uh, at school yeah. dances. Well, um, I wanted to ask you, Jane, what was it like when your older sibling left for college? Do you remember much? Um, I remembered us driving her there and me falling asleep for the entire ride because I was 12. So my relationship with my sister was not at all like the one depicted in this movie. Wait, how old are, how old are people when they go to college? 17? Yeah. So I I was 11 actually. I mean, I was just a kid. Yeah. It's just kind of, well, you were kitty. Oh God. How annoying. (laughs) But what was your, you were, you're close with your brother. So what was your Um, experience? Sort of. Yeah. I was, um, 17. So I was 14. Uh, something that I remember is that it's just, it's just, it was a big event because my brother was one of the few kids I knew going to the U S for college. And I still lived in the Philippines and, uh, he had to leave in the middle of the day And so I couldn't drive him to the airport. He was leaving in the middle of the day on a weekday. But my mom got a note for me to leave class and say goodbye to him right outside my school gate. So it was just this very high school flavor. (laughs) Yeah. That's Um, sweet. Yeah, it was kind of cute. I again, We were also kind of like, now what? (laughs) I was so young, but I visited my sister when I was 12 and I went to a bar. And wow. this is the difference between her college experience and my college experience, which is they just, they just like put a cross on my hand and let me into a bar when I was 12. Where, what city or town did your sister She went to, to Elon, which is in North Carolina. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. So they just, yeah. I wasn't cool, was though. That, I, I don't even think I drank anything. Was that the just, first time you went to North Carolina? Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> what, let's see. Um my cool visiting sibling at college story is that my brother went to Wesleyan, very much a, uh, it makes sense that he moved immediately to Chicago after that and started wearing really expensive denim. Um, <laughs> but uh, I visited him and I was with my acapella group in college at the time. And he was like, you guys should check out Queer Prom, which is an event at Wesleyan. And it's just like a fun house party, I guess that people go to and everyone in my acapella group made out with people oh my god me. i was dating i was dating at someone at the time so i did not do that that's so exciting but i was like man my brother's so cool i yeah. thought you were gonna be like it's queer prom it's an inclusive prom and then you're gonna show up and like oh he's at a different party <laughs> oh my god holy shit <laughs> uh. Okay, hi, Kuya. He, he listens to the pod. You can move on. Okay. All right, so Kitty. I'm, I'm shaken by that. <laughs> Kitty, Laura's precocious. It's Laura Jean. That's a little confusing. Yeah. Her name is Laura Jean. Okay, Kitty, 
Laura Jean's precocious little sister, mails the letters in hopes of finding LJ a boyfriend and a life. The next week, Peter, LJ's crush from middle school, approaches her while she's running laps in gym class. She realizes what has happened and faints, but when she wakes up to see Josh with his own letter, she kisses Peter as a diversion. Then she runs away to the school bathroom where she talks to a third letter recipient, Lucas, who explains that he's gay. <laughs> um, do we like, do you like the precocious little sister? No, I'm sorry. She, I agree. I mean, okay. She's, so. she's not terrible at all. Um, <laughs> she just does. It's not, she's not cute to me. The first time I watched this movie, I was like, this kid is so fucking annoying. <laughs> and then this time I watched it and I was like, perhaps she's very realistically annoying. Yeah, for sure. And she's so they're so caring to each other, which I actually think is a little too much sometimes, but I mean she's a good she's a she's a good person and she's You fine. and I are also younger siblings, yeah. and so I think we can't deal with her because we don't want to accept that we were annoying like that. <laughs> sometimes she says stuff and I'm like like when she just tries to be quippy um I now realize like they're doing that on purpose. Like this little kid wants to be like in on like her high school sister's stuff. I'm like, oh my god, shit, that was me. Um, um, like, I wrote down <laughs> running at gym. Never. <laughs> they're like actually running around the, the the track, and I was like, they're why? also like they're not just jogging. Like I did run in gym, but I just like gave as little effort as possible. They're actually like not even jogging. They're running. Yeah. <laughs> Okay. This is also, uh, this is set in Oregon, uh, which I think is kind of cool. And it makes sense that everything looks like it's been run through like a blue Instagram filter. Oh. Because to me, that's mm-hmm. just what the Pacific Northwest looks like. My mom was immediately like within four minutes of watching the movie. She was like, is this in the Pacific Northwest? And then she <gasps> Googled it and she was like, you should tell people where the movies are filmed. That's what I want to know. And so well, my mom found out in... it was filmed in Vancouver. Vancouver, yeah. Which I just also assume is the same color. Yeah, it's all the same color over there. Um. Well, we meet. So we meet some kids at the high school. Should we run through them? Je- Jen. Okay. Genevieve? Jen spelled with a G because her name is like Genevieve, and Jen is Peter's girlfriend, and he's also Laura Jean's also- ex best friend, and she's like the bitchy, popular ish bitchy girl. Yeah, she goes for her. I do think. I mean, maybe this is jumping ahead. But I kind of love that the sequel to this movie goes a little bit more into Jen's mind. You find out a little more about her motivations. Because uh, here she's just <laughs> a psycho. Yeah, she seems crazy. And she uh, <laughs> looks a little crazy. I don't know. Yeah. She definitely is like very pretty, has lip gloss on, and has cocaine eyes. Like there's no- <laughs> That's like how they characterize her. There's also, speaking of cocaine, there's Chrissy, who is like, is cool and self Chris. Christine, Chrissy, who is the cool and self-confident friend of Lara Jean and who is Jen's cousin, who dresses like she's, um, you know, a punk band member in the East Village in the 80s. She has many bad hats. (laughs) Many. She looks like she's a future stoner, I guess. I mean, I guess she she currently would be a stoner. Yeah. Um, There's interesting dynamics here. Because they're a suburban town here where everyone has known each other for a long time and has, like, kissed each other as kids. <laughs> um, and so you grow up together and you find out that she, Jen, one of the reasons she knows Peter and Jen is because they played Spin the Bottle back when she and Jen were in middle school and she kissed Peter in Spin the Bottle. Uh, so that's why he's one of her letter recipients. Recipients? 
Receive, yeah, receive. that's fine. Let her get hers. But my minor complaint about this movie is that she's so well dressed and beautiful that I don't understand how she's like invisible and like has no one to sit with at lunch. Like Nate's joke is that like it's all in her head and like she's actually the second most popular girl at school. <laughs> oh, I wrote down in my notes that she would be absolutely so popular in my school. Yeah, she's beautiful and well adjusted and perfectly normal so emotionally mature um Um, yeah (laughs) i thought that there was a small plot hole in my mind sort of which is that she has this best friend who you're talking about chris and but then they act like laura jean has like has nothing to do on the weekends and if she has a best friend why aren't they hanging out because chris is shooting up (laughs) i mean it does seem it is implied that she's just such a badass that lj like has to stay in yeah it's implied at some point that there's this one point where l or chris goes to like a rave and yes like edm concert (laughs) again like i don't (laughs) yeah it's 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 definitely an interesting character that they don't do much with but i wonder if the book does more with her I do like the cool, again, I like the family dynamics. I like the cool dad trying his best. He's so Somehow sweet. constantly cooking despite being an OBGYN surgeon. Um, played by the guy who plays her. Aiden from Sex and oh, the City. Oh, I totally forgot. I was like, I've seen this guy before. Why is he good at acting? <laughs> <laughs> Um, and I love the moment where you find out the the letter reveal where you first find out or she first finds out that the letters have been mailed and she sees them in the guy's hands. And there's this like tragedy classical music and close ups on the letters. And then like the whole screen like shakes around. Yeah. And then she faints, um, but doesn't injure herself in any way and can very easily run away immediately when she wakes up. Yeah. This is like it's classic. Like I, I think it. It reads more like an indie movie, and perhaps that's why it's charming. Okay, Jane, here we go. Who would be boys in your letters if you were Lara Jean? Oh, my God. And, okay, it has to count that they were, like, intense crushes oh that, no. like, never went away. You don't have to say their name. But, like, you know, you, like, you like never told them, but you had strong feelings, and then they, like, eventually faded. Because that's, like, a feature of these letters. These were boys that she had, like, super strong crushes in oh. on. And she wrote the letters and she realized that, like, sometimes your feelings are so overwhelming, you have to let them out. <laughs> okay. I honestly, I honestly think there's only one person who applies to this. Okay. And it's someone who, when I look back on my feelings for them, I realize that I was in love with them. And, like, yeah. I oh, yeah. <laughs> was too young and inexperienced. And I, it's what you would think you would look back on and think of as lust, but looking back on them, I'm like, oh no, I was truly deeply into yeah. this person. And so yeah. I'm glad I don't have a little sister. Can we have more details about like what type of teen oh. or preteen? Or, pre-teen? <laughs> or are you worried that he'll find out? No, <laughs> they were, they were older than me and I just thought they were, they were so cool and funny and i mean the truth is like because i was younger it was probably just someone who paid attention to me at all and so like talk to you yeah exactly and so so many feelings when you're younger and when you're an adult to be honest are created from having someone just talk to you and look at you and listen to you totally what about you um i had one crush when i was like pre-high school that went to I went to an all-girls school and he went to the all-boys school that my brother went to and he was like a friend of a friend and for some reason we like kind of knew each other and 
would only see each other um, when our brother and sister schools would have what's called like our family day, which is when like people of the opposite gender are allowed on campus. Ooh. Um, so it was this like really wild. And it's it's funny how little you can be sustained on as a teen because like I would just never see this guy ever. We would kind of talk online on Insta Messenger and um, I would see like his status messages and it was always like John Mayer songs. And <laughs> Which you love. He, I would say the type of teen he was was that he was a guitar teen. And he was like dating this other girl. But um, I would see him once a year at like our family day because he had a sister that went to my school. And I would just be like walking on air Aww. after just like talking to him at the bleachers or something. <laughs> yeah, it was so funny. Um, and now he's like very um, corny, frankly. He's, that like, makes sense yeah <laughs> i mean john mayer lyrics <laughs> um and then i've told i've talked on the pod before about the guy that um was at a like summer program pre-college summer program i was on with and we like touched each other's hair yes that was like another one that because it was one summer feelings were very intense yeah but um something that's great about this um this uh movie is that it really goes into how you can have really strong feelings you don't know what to do with as a teen. Yeah, and, and that are uh, created from which... something so simple, like dancing together, like the Lucas. Yes. She remembers dancing with him, and that is so yeah. special. Totally. Uh, um, one last note. I wrote, every outfit showcases her boobs in a special way. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't think of that on this read, but I did look at her Instagram, and I agree that she has wonderful boobs. Okay, perfect. Okay. <laughs> Moving on. So Josh shows up at Laura Jean's house and she rolls out of the second story window <laughs> into a bush. She heads to her favorite diner where Peter is waiting for her. She explains what happened and he suggests that they start a fake relationship <laughs> to make his ex, Jen, who happens to be Laura Jean's ex-best friend, jealous. They end up making up a contract that involves no kissing, pretty woman style. Trying to think, like, if someone was named Genevieve, what the nickname would be. Probably not Jen, honestly. Uh, it's just too confusing to me. Yeah. Or uh, Vi- Jen Viv? with a G just doesn't. <laughs> what about, like, V? It's cool. Viv. Genevieve. Viv. Viv? <laughs> um, do you like the imagined boy convo mechanic? Oh, the, movie? like, flight attendant style? Yes. Um, I do like it. <laughs> Do you like it? Yeah, me too. Me too. I think it's a great mechanic because we know she's a romantic like dreamer. Absolutely. Um, and so she plays these conversations in her head. And I don't know how much of that was like the book versus the director's choice, but it it rocks. And it also gives these two boy actors who are both very attractive um, reasons to just be like charming with no plot. <laughs> um yeah i like i like both boys like i know everyone loves no set neo but i like the guy who plays josh too. really i'm split on him like sometimes i thought he was super dreamy and sometimes it looked like he had an iron deficiency (laughs) (laughs) i definitely was into skinny boys like when i was a kid so it worked for me he also has nice denim jackets okay um at the diner noah centineo is drinking a chocolate shake with whipped cream and the freedom to be a person who goes to a diner and orders that, <laughs> will I ever know it? I mean, just just the like... Jane, we could do it. Uh, I mean, I did get a Starbucks brownie today and I just had ice cream with it. So I probably do have that freedom, but like, I want to be that person. It, it does rock that like, as a teen, I had so many Starbucks fraps. Oh, hell like, yeah. 
I wasn't even looking for caffeine. I was just having this giant ice cream treat. Yes. Um, and like Jane and I are very real about like eating and body image issues on this podcast or in our lives. But it's just wild how our brains have changed since then that I would feel so wild about that now. But I just did it care- carelessly or yeah, just concern free. That's awesome. That's how we should be enjoying our Starbucks. And they rock. Drinks. <laughs> The chocolate chip frap would absolutely no caffeine, just <laughs> chocolate, just cheap ass chocolate syrup. It's great. Um, I like the dynamic between Laura and Peter at the diner. He's friendly and funny. It's pretty interesting that she wrote these letters to all these guys. So like, I believe him that he's at least curious about it. Yeah. And I, I would be interested to know what, how much they knew each other before this happened. I mean, clearly he's, he doesn't know a lot about her, but he's, he doesn't know that she's like some huge freak either. He's just sort of friendly and kind. And I feel like this is Noah Centineo doing what he does best, which is playing a guy who listens to women and and yeah. talks to, to women regardless of what they look like. Uh, doing cute, doing cute faces where he's like hot and he's listening to you. Um, <laughs> I, uh, on rewatch of this movie, this is only the second time I've seen this. It's very clear to me that when he like, drops her off and then asks to be in a fake relationship. It's his idea that, um, you know, it's his idea like, hey, we should be in a fake relationship and make our desired people jealous. It's very clear to me on this rewatch that like he just is really intrigued by her. Maybe he's not really sure if he even like is into her yet, but he's just like, this girl seems really like interesting. Like I want to, you know, just like yeah. see what's up. He's definitely, <laughs> and he's also just confident enough to be able to, insert himself uh her life um i kind of love nate and i got a laugh out of him flexing in front of josh because josh kind of is across the street and he's like hey since when do you (laughs) since when do you drop off lara jean and he's just or like you and lara jean been hanging out and he's kind of like yeah seems that way (laughs) and i'm like that's so hot (laughs) he he definitely uh i i'm gonna I've been doing Twitter content about Noah Centineo and he's just growing on me. I mean, he's just, he's just getting cuter and cuter to me. The more I engage with him. (laughs) That's interesting. I think that, um, the first time I watched this movie, I was like, he was, he had me under a spell. (laughs) Like I was just like, holy shit, this guy is so beautiful. Like, thank God he's like only a few years younger than me. Like I could have looked at his face all day and now I feel somewhat, um, immunized i've had the vaccine and i just because the vac the vaccine is his instagram account oh my gosh okay so speaking of that at one point in the movie they're discussing sort of movies that you need to watch and laura jean says 16 candles and peter says fight club and i think that noah centineo loves fight club in real life yes yes i like the 16 candles fight club trade-off and i also think it's realistic that a teen boy would be like you've got to watch yeah absolutely i like that Uh, movie i don't know i I wanted to yeah i liked it it is a great high school movie i was gonna ask what movie would you have included in your relationship rules for your fake boyfriend to view oh gosh i had no culture when i was in high school i probably would have said easy a yeah wait i guess we weren't that was too that was older but i would have said like easy a or a similar like kind of hip comedy i guess like super bad or something maybe i feel like my favorite movie (laughs) was like clue or national treasure and those are both still my favorite movies oh you know what i would have said is probably (gasps) grease 
I would have been like, you've got to watch Grease. <laughs> yeah, actually, and you would have been like, all right, well, it. you owe me something big. In you he would have been like, you got to watch Fight Club. And I would have been like, yeah, I have an older brother. I've seen it like way too many times. <laughs> I'm a cool girl. It no, is kidding. important to point out that, of course, this is another fake date plot, which is Noah Centineo's specialty. He does it in the movies The Perfect Date, which we actually already have recorded, and Sierra Burgess, which we will be getting oh, to. Oh, I totally even, I totally, wait, yeah, that's it. That is a fake, yeah. It's a little different I do in that think one. This is the first movie to so uh, kind of flawlessly pull off like a great fan fiction trope. Um <laughs> Uh, they have other trade-offs, like uh, she has to go to lacrosse games and parties, and like he has to um, go to the ski trip, or she she has to go to the ski trip, and um, there's a there's a little moment uh, where he is picking her up from school, and like, or so, sorry, to go to school, and that's when he gets to know Kitty, and he's really nice, and she's like, wow, he's really nice to my little sister. Also, they drink Yakult, which is this uh, Asian Americans everywhere squealed. It's this little. Um, <laughs> milky yogurt drink that uh it's actually very good for you it has probiotics but it it's just a good little yogurty drink it had a little bump in sales because of this movie apparently wow i believe that i love um because she's like you have to put your hand in my pocket like it's 16 candles and i love when they walk into the cafeteria and he has his hand in her pocket and then swings her ass around yeah (laughs) (laughs) um if he did if my boyfriend did that to me in junior year and then gave me a little love note i would have um like drop my panties in the middle of the floor <laughs> i remember in high school again not not an experienced high schooler i saw this couple walking in front of me and he like slapped her butt really oh. intensely before she went to gym class and then they both happened to like look back at me sort of just like hovering with my books and i was like oh I that's a have, great moment they understood their power their power over you yeah <laughs> Uh, but you know it's cute little things like that that make stuff uh cute and romantic so i'm glad that he he kind of stepped up to the challenge on that yeah also she was like cool with having her butt touched good for her yeah no one no one really brings that that is kind of sexual ish because you're touching their butt the butt she has a good butt great butt they both have good butts okay we can go on (laughs) Okay, so Laura Jean is spending a night in baking, as demonstrated by the flour all over her face, but Peter and her dad convince her to go to a high school party. Peter pulls the classic move of taking out LJ's ponytail, even though she is ridiculously hot with her hair up anyway. At the party, ex-girlfriend Jen acts like a huge bitch, and Peter shares the benefits of kombucha. They go back to the diner, (laughs) where Laura Jean admits that she's scared to love and lose people like her dead mom. Peter can relate to this because his dad left his family like two years earlier. My question for you, have you ever gotten flour all over your face while baking? (laughs) (laughs) No, I would say... Uh, I did one time in high school, I was doing the classic baking like cupcakes or muffins for a bake sale for school. And I dropped an entire tray on the ground <gasps> that my friends and I had made Oh before no. putting it in the oven. Yeah, it was pretty fucking awful, actually. That sucks. <laughs> that it is like, I was like, ah, oh, I feel like I'm in a movie. 
<laughs> yeah, baking catastrophes like are fun to watch, to, but terrible to yeah, experience. Yeah, but then you have to clean it up. I was like, man, this sucks in real life. Yeah, even baking. How about you? I I don't. But even baking when you're when you're at your possible cleanest, like it's still a mess. It's still a pain in the ass, and flour gets do everywhere. You get, do you get flour on your face? Cutely? No, never cute. <laughs> I uh, I love the musical waitress because she bakes a lot in it, but she definitely does the same thing where she makes like a perfect streak of a few fingers on her cheek of flour, which Lara Jean has in this. Um, and she does look cute, notably. Once again, she's like extremely mature. Like at the party, uh, Jen acts like Jen basically uh, roasts her for not being sexually mature. <laughs> and if someone had tried to annoy me by teasing me for being inexperienced at a party, like. I don't know what I would have done. Also, it would have been true because I was like a very late bloomer in high school. <laughs> like, um, I was going to ask you, has anyone ever made you feel bad in high school for being sexually inexperienced? Like, No. It's really confident of Genevieve to do that. Yeah, I was surrounded by <laughs> like-minded women and also just nice people. I mean, I was really lucky. I have really good friends. So no, how about you? No, I mean, I think that people talked a lot about escapades that they did have and i remember people being but but you kind of like people would kind of talk about it but also not look you in the eye because they were Mm. also feeling insecure as they were speaking (laughs) uh i did i think i told you this once but i did know this girl that one time right before we started physics class me and my friend andy who's now a doctor you know we were just a couple of nerds um we're talking to this kind of popular girl who was pretty nice and we were like how was your weekend and she's like Oh, I was at my BF's house. Uh, yeah, like it was awesome. I came like five <gasps> times, <laughs> and we were like, "Huh?" Ugh. And even now, I'm like, I wonder if she was telling the truth. <laughs> Wait, I think okay, I think we've talked about this, and I think I told you a story in in uh, response to this, and I will tell that now, which is once in statistics class. Probably should not have said it was statistics. Whatever. <laughs> this girl like was openly talking about how she had gone to a party and had 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 sex with three different people within like three hours, and she was like, "I, I was like crawling on the ground by the end of it." <laughs> I was like, Is there's this some stories. Real? Yeah, there are some stories that you're like, "Could that happen?" You know, and I think it did. She seemed fine, fine too. She seemed like she was, you know, sex positive. She probably like at the at the party was just like, all right, bam, 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 just keep it moving, <laughs> peen after peen. Like at that point, all you have to do is like have somebody like nut like each time. Like you don't have to come necessarily to be able to make the story true. Oy. But the the achievement of having five orgasms with your high school boyfriend in one weekend, like that, to me is you know. I mean, maybe. Legendary, I would say. <laughs> that is legendary. I still consider it legendary at the, at the age of 28. Um, anyway. <laughs> I had a note sort of relevant to that. One thing this movie does really, really well, I think, is that it talks about sex and it acknowledges that teens are sexual, but it doesn't sexualize them for adults. It never feels yeah. gross. It never feels um, predatory at all. Yeah. It just... It just does a good job. Like, I could easily watch it. I watched this movie with my parents, and it felt fine. It also just helps me believe that there is a high school where all these kids have grown up together, so they know each other really well, and stuff like that gets messy. And also, like, you know, Peter may have been more sexually active with Jen because she wanted to be, and he can also, like, turn around and be like, oh, I'm still, like, 
I want to take it slow with Lara Jean because I like her. And like, that is real. Like, you know, I I mean, yes, teen boys can be awful, but it's also possible for them to be like, I kind of want to start over and have it mean something with this girl. And Um, and also, but and not that it didn't mean anything with Jen. And I feel like they sort of address it later in the movie. At one point, she says, true, she says, like, how could you talk about it like this? Like physical stuff means a lot to me. And he's like, it means a lot to me too. And it really touched me that they included that. And it felt really genuine. And it does feel genuine. Peter's such a good guy. And you also know that because at the party, he doesn't even have a single beer and he drinks kombucha. (laughs) And it's just so, he's just so Yeah, why is he drinking kombucha? That is kind of (laughs) weird. Yeah, I I do think it's really cute. He does things that are, um, to me, a uh, high school boy culture, uh, which is making each other's phone backgrounds uh, bad pictures of each other, uh, posting about them on Instagram and demanding that she eat with him at the cafeteria. Like, I think, like, it's realistic to me that he makes these, like, demands because um, you just, like, there's a culture of being, like, oh, girls, romantic girls make all these demands to their boyfriends. Mm. But high school boys want things in return, too. Absolutely. They want you to, like... There's with a, their crazy friends for sure there's a public there's a very public nature about high school relationships totally and uh i have a phone background picture of my boyfriend and i've had the same one for like hell yeah four years and i might post it on our twitter because it's really unflattering oh, my husband and i have um like weird baby pictures of each other as our oh. phone backgrounds and mine is really fucked up because at some point when i was like two I thought that when people were like, smile, it just meant like, show all your teeth. <laughs> so I'm just grimacing. <laughs> it's the a emoji great photo that's of me. just like a flat line of teeth. Is that you? Yeah, it's basically, yeah, it's the emoji that's just like, <laughs> it's really cool. We'll post it on Twitter. Um, and then at this point in the movie, uh, Josh also shows up and complains that she's not dating an alt enough guy, which is pretty funny. he's why because he's super mainstream you think josh is no i think it's funny because josh um wants to be there's a great burn that peter does later that i want to save for later but josh obviously is like a you know sufyan stevens listening teen who wants to be taken extremely seriously Mm. for being the nice guy next door and that comes out in really insecure ways in this movie which to me read as realistic Uh, And she's very mature. She's like, we can't be friends right now. There's too many feelings flying around. I did think it is crazy to think that you could have a crush on a guy who your sister dated for two years. That would be so hard. hard. And also that's hard for me. It it also is like, how could they not know? But I mean, I I think it is possible that they couldn't know. But it's just a tricky, tricky. The sister being interested in him, the sister being interested in a good guy friend of her younger sister is what is weirder to me. Yeah, that's true. Good point. The unrequited love isn't as, you know, unbelievable to me. Um, But yeah, I like this is also I think this section in the movie is where, yeah, Lara Jean and Peter talk about their families and you know, these two people have grown up in the same neighborhood, so they kind of already know what happened. Yeah, I So like they that. don't have to be like, my deep, dark secret is that my mom died, um, which you get in a lot of other movies. But it it's like, yeah, I've heard that. Like, do you want to talk about it? And that's like specific and it works for me. And they're like burying their souls out there when they don't really have to. Like everyone already knows. Um, it's just like good examples of people moving forward every day, like after something terrible happens and 
worked for me. I was super tired, or that's the excuse I'm using for why I kept tearing up throughout the whole film. <laughs> At one point, Laura Jean is talking to Peter about their about his dad, and she says, "You can you can be mad at someone and still miss them." And I like cried. Yeah. And then I don't know, and I don't know if that's just the author being good at what she does, because some of these may have been pulled directly from the book, and maybe everything we're praising is like the book. Yeah, maybe no I should idea. read it. Um, maybe I should read all of them. You mentioned that it's sort of films more indie style and i actually wrote down a note mm-hmm. for the scene where she's eating dinner at his family's house they do a cut scene where they show the empty bowl of spaghetti that they had been eating and yeah. it's not it is beautiful looking and it's great and it's it's <laughs> way beyond the capabilities of any of the other movies we've watched yeah. already to be honest totally and there's a lot of cool it kind of reminds me when of like portrait mode photographs of people where like someone is like in the front in a football field or in a lacrosse field and then the background is hazy um there's a lot of shots like that um any of my film buff friends will <laughs> tell me what the fuck that is um but it's cool it's you know they they did some stylistic things with the movie that worked okay um, but yeah let's move on to jen being a jealous a hole and trying to get peter back laura jean overhears them while eating a subway sandwich with her inconsequential best friend chris <laughs> under the bleachers she realizes that she has feelings for peter and tries to break up with him but he says that the upcoming ski trip was part of their contract so they can't at the ski lodge gay lucas encourages laura jean and she goes into a hot tub in her nightgown and kisses peter Gay Lucas. Right? He does encourage her, right? <laughs> While they're doing face masks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, I am once again asking you to meet me under the bleachers. <laughs> we need a, someone do that for us. I don't know how to do that, Walter. Make it. Uh, Yeah, make it. Uh, yeah, Chris was the weak point of this movie, but I did gleefully watch the under the bleachers scene. With the subway product placement. Um. I do think something, yeah, I do think something realistic about this movie is that uh, people are bad at breaking up in high school because mm-hmm. you have to see the person every day. Mm-hmm. And so it was realistic to me that Peter and what's her name, Genevieve, were still talking. Yeah, I think so, too. I think it's fair. I, I do think that something all movies and books struggle with is when the ex-girlfriend is a mean person and it makes you wonder why, why was Peter dating her <laughs> if she's so mean? Yeah. But the truth is people date mean people sometimes. And so I can forgive yeah. it. Jen is also really sexually confident all the time. Yeah, I She guess... just like has these come ons to Peter. And I'm I'm like, maybe he was just into her confidence. And her red dress know. at that party. It was so yeah, red. Damn. Damn. I want to wear that. Um, okay. <laughs> have your parents. Okay. <laughs> here goes. Here's another teen question. Have your parents ever physically handed you any type of contraceptives? Absolutely not. Okay, here was the sex talk my mom gave me. It was, she said this, it's really messy. That's it. (laughs) True. That's all I got. Everything else I figured out through other friends and like a book that my childhood friend had and that's, and my sister. For the listener, um... Jen, or sorry, Laura Jean's dad, I guess because he's an OBGYN is the joke, he gives her this, like, pouch of condoms <laughs> yeah. before they go on the ski trip. Um, yeah, my parents my parents are devoutly Catholic, and that's not ever going to happen. They gave you a package uh, of nothing, and they said, yeah. you know what this means. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, I mean, my mom was pretty good about being like, anytime anything uncomfy happens you can always just walk away like you don't need to do it um 
which is, you know, muddier than it's muddier in practice sometimes when you're a teen. But that was a good uh, core message for sure. Um, the funny thing I remember is that in high school, at my second high school, not my Catholic school, in health class, or no, not in health class, but in biology class, we were learning the biology behind different types of contraceptives because it's a good way to learn about the reproductive system and like which parts of the reproductive system that the contraceptives work on. And so we had to do the classic condom on a banana thing. Um, and uh, the Mormon girls wrote a note and they got out of the activity. They didn't have to do it. Hell yeah. What did they do instead? That's the question. I don't know. <laughs> uh, probably watch Disney films. There you go. All of, the, all of the Mormon kids on my school were Disney teens. Um, I had another question. Did your school have any trips where the students could sneak in sexual escapades? Okay, I wrote the same question down for you, which was the ski trip looks amazing and what was the equivalent? And I, no, no, there was no fun, to me, that I knew of, there was no like sexual opportunities via the school funded field trips. I mean, was the prom like a sexual opportunity for people at your school? Definitely for people yeah. who were not me. And also the you're big, not away. The big thing yeah. was people would go DTS down the shore after the prom and just the fuck is rent DTS? out. <laughs> it's a thing. What is, um, what is DTS? Down the shore. Oh, my God. That's like what? truly a thing. Okay. <laughs> New Jersey people. I thought it was like down to suck. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> the DTS was pre-DTF. okay so people would rent out like big like hotel things or just motel things and i'm sure they had a lot of fun i didn't do that oh wow also that's a lot because you have to ask for money your parents have to get involved so that your parents Mm -hmm. know that you're fucking yeah and drinking i think the only the only conclusion i can draw from people whose parents let them do stuff like that is that their parents were those kids in high school too yeah because like why else would you allow your kids to do that i don't i don't know exactly what the dynamic was because i was not friends with any of them but um my second high school my international school we had a trip called week without walls which was like Sometimes you can do a community service trip. Sometimes it's more like a cultural trip where you go, you know, learn about culture ostensibly. But it's like a week vacation. Um, And one of the I went on it's every year. So you go on a trip and you try to get on the same trip as your friends. But I think like I was also not, you know, sexually experienced enough for that to happen on my trip. But like other people did. And I did, like, you know, make out more on those trips than, like, I would have at home because there's no other place to make out. Uh, something I remember is that on one of these trips, the chaperone teachers got pretty annoyed at us for being in each other's rooms at night. That one night, they put tape on the doors so we couldn't, you know, the girls couldn't go to the guys' rooms. Ooh. And we just wanted to play cards, but they thought we were drinking. Um, so me and my friend climbed out the window. <gasps> Yeah, it was cool. But then we just played, you know, cards. <laughs> That's fun, though. Yeah, I mean, I was like, this is so stupid. <laughs> like, I don't know. If you're going to enforce it, like, just get us in trouble later instead of, like, resorting to, like, fucking 
slapstick efforts to keep us in the room. <laughs> I was, um, but she I was, was just a harried teacher. I was part of a few groups that that had sort of that kind of trip. First of all, mm-hmm. in my school, I know that my music friends they went on a trip every year, and I think things went down. But I was part of both a Jewish choir and a <laughs> church choir. And I remember yeah, at one yeah. of the Jewish choir events I went to, a girl came back late from making Ooh. out, and she was Ooh. kicked out. Making out. <gasps> Of the school she, or of the choir? It wasn't, it was just the choir. Like she, <gasps> or or Shit. she just couldn't perform. Like she was severely punished for missing curfew. And I know I mean, she was I think making she, out. I think she did perform. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, sorry, sorry. Um, The other thing I thought of was uh, when you said that was I traveled once for like music related stuff in high school. Um, And when we traveled to another school to be part of this showcase, we all stayed with host families. Yep. Mm-hmm. And one of the guys on our trip, aside from being a singer, was just like a really hot athlete. And I had never interacted with him before that trip. But he um, got put in a host family that had two like blonde, skinny girls in the host family. And he was like, every time he would meet up with us, he just had this panic look on his face because he said these girls were just like trying to fuck him. Oh like really God. trying to fuck him. I love that and he he's was like, I, about he it. was like, I have a girlfriend. Oh. Like, they think that like I'm, you know, trying to have an adventure. Like it's, it's like harried. And I was like, are they sisters? <laughs> like, what's happening? But I, I didn't know him well enough to really get the deets. But his guy friend was like, I just remember his guy friend being like, I'm so sorry, mate. <laughs> his guy friend was Australian. <laughs> we got that. Yeah, yeah. I have a question um, of equal importance. Um, do okay. you like Subway? <laughs> Do I like Subway? Yeah. No. Okay. So this would never happen. I <laughs> Us eating Subway under the bleachers would not happen. Why not? Okay, that's because there's um, an amazing uh, sub place near me called Our Heroes, which we're going to yeah, eat Yeah, I day. think I just have eaten at a lot of, you know, town, local sub shops yeah. that are so much better. Um, I did notice an error at one point, she she like, she like comes home when Chris is hanging out with her, and she takes off her scarf and her jacket two times. And the reason why oh. I saw that is because I was looking at her boobs. <laughs> Continuity <laughs> caught the boobs. Also, <sighs> I thought Noah Centineo looked really good in the hot tub. Same. I wrote like so. The hot tub is an important scene also because Lucas is like. Jean, like, you're stupid. This guy obviously likes you. Like, he wouldn't keep up the fake relationship thing if you weren't pursuing you romantically. Like, he's just tricking you. <laughs> um, and the hot tub is when um, Peter also looks her in the face and says, yo, like, I like you. Like, her reluctance to accept that he could like her and then him having to, like, gently lay it out for her. Like, it's a great moment. Also, he's looking super fuckable <laughs> like he just like is glistening in this light from the hot tub and is just like looking up at her and it's amazing yeah it really it really works and she goes it's in, a in lot her nightgown they... and yeah it's a lot i was like whoa it's a lot that they made out in that hot tub yeah you can really feel every uh rock hard inch in the hot tub. <laughs> god that's just, what, that's just what i think okay um, that's what i think <laughs> okay i think yeah i think there was a lot to feel okay anyway. back in town <laughs> Jen says that Peter spent the night in her hotel room and Laura Jean immediately breaks up with him. Peter comes to her house hoping to explain, but then Josh arrives looking like he's going to rob a 7-Eleven and gets into an argument with Peter. (laughs) 
Margot, who is home from college, overhears everything and learns that Laura Jean had a crush on Josh while they had been dating. Things get worse when someone posts a video of the hot tub scene on Instagram. I love that you were like, it's great that they don't sexualize these teens. And that's like all I'm doing every time I open my mouth. <laughs> I know, I'm just talking about I just boobs. keep like, yeah, I just keep on thinking about Peter Kavinsky's dick and you just keep like looking at Laura Jean's boobs. <laughs> to be fair, it's still not, like I still stand by my statement even though I'm the problem. Yeah, I'm the problem as well. Um, I wish I had LJ's courage to break up with someone when they're doing dumbass shit. Also, I thought that uh, Genevieve like, showing her like look he gave me your scrunchie was like exceptionally evil yeah she's she's like truly doing it on purpose she's she's a mean girl you're a mean girl um genevieve i was at first confused even though this is my second time watching it whether they had had sex or not in the hot tub and they clarify this many times because i think they they knew that it would be confusing and also I should have, I mean, like, you can't have sex in a hot tub, can you? Like, that would. It would probably really hurt, but you could do it if you really wanted to. (laughs) Uncomfortable. I mean, um, I think that it's intentionally, like, if you were a teen and you saw people making out in a hot tub, like, you would believe someone if someone was like, yeah, they had sex. Yeah. Sure. It looks like they are. I mean, she's sitting on him. Like, that's a lot. Yeah. (laughs) Again, like, that's a lot. Um, I'm not sure how she saw the video if she wasn't tagged. Maybe Peter was tagged. But I, you know, I genuinely, I remember the first time I watched this, I was like, of course, like, oh no, like this fucking sucks. Yeah. It's, it's real. It, it really feels genuinely, this movie understands social media in a way, because like, it's not like this video went viral, (laughs) but it's still really embarrassing and people in our high school saw it and that's all you need to feel embarrassed uh, and terrible and like your life is over for sure and okay so uh, i wrote here do we like josh and you wanted to share something about him um i was just saying i love when he shows up by surprise and they fight because it just like trips weird primitive switches in my brain when they're like kind of trying to like <laughs> outdo each other on being broy. but i do think that peter saying he's a bonnevere wannabe rocks because that's josh's character he's like Largene, the reason you should date me is because, like, I'm alt and cool and I'm the nice boy next door. And Peter Kavinsky defying expectations and being like, no, I'm also nice yeah. is, like, why this movie rocks. Yeah, totally. I So I'm, gl- I'm glad he loses. For sure. I, I still don't – I'm still unsure how I feel about Josh. Also, the actor – remember when that actor got canceled? Wait, I don't remember. What happened? He – is a racist i don't know he's a, oh, okay he's a bad person i, I mean well, I'm i don't glad know he lost <laughs> i've never met him but uh, um i'm glad that he lost then but i i do think when i remember watching the movie for the first time when peter says bon iver wannabe i laughed out loud <laughs> because you know that that's the aesthetic that they were successfully pulling off with him it's also such a specific reference and like this is super dumb but i'm like wow Noah Centineo lives in a world with Bon Iver, and so do I. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I do think a lot of the music in this movie also works well because they play very current music for 2018. They play that song, um, I Like Me Better, oh, yes. I you, like which me was like better, such a big song. You. And they just play it for a few minutes when they're on when they're going up to the ski trip, and it's perfect. You're it just washes dopamine through your brain. Yeah. Because oh, so that's how you feel watching um, watching these teens. All right, let's keep going. 
Laura Jean asks for Margot's help, and she forgives her very quickly. Kitty then reveals she was the one who sent the letters. Laura attacks her with a plastic unicorn, but Margot breaks up the fight and points out that Laura Jean had addressed the letters, so part of her had wanted to send them. All of the sisters hug, and then Margot reports the hot tub video as child pornography to have it removed. Yeah, um, I mean, I, I like the interaction between the sisters and Margot being sad that Laura Jean, um, you know, wasn't Skyping her. The The only thing that sort of was over the top for me was the, the sisters, like, hugging all together. But then, <laughs> oh, yeah, I that mean, was just to make a screen cap. <laughs> right. I mean, it, that's what it feels like. And and I don't know. I think I wrote that I could I could get invested in sort of the importance of Margot and Laura Jean's relationship. And that's we're supposed to recognize that their relationship is special. Like when they drop her off at college, the dad kind of takes Kitty away so that they can say goodbye to each other. Yeah. Um, but I don't really care about, I still don't really care about Kitty that much. That's yeah, okay though. She is just like a fun, quirky child. She was necessary uh, for the movie. Yeah. I guess she was necessary to send the letters. It, I genuinely laugh when she goes after Kitty, after Kitty like reveals that she sent the letters and Laura Jean just dead eyed is like, I'm going to kill you. Like, I think Lana, Lana Condor is just a good actor and I like it. Yeah. It's, it's okay. Um, I don't know. That's not my favorite part, but that's okay. I think, I think it, the comedy worked okay. Um, and, you know, this this part of the movie, they're just all working through feelings. Like, her dad is also working through some stuff about the mom. And they go to the diner and chat about the mom. Um, and, like, I do, like... I mean, maybe it's a little too neat, but this movie matches up Laura Jean trying to dodge her stronger emotions with, like, being unable to talk about her mom. Because it's hard to feel those feelings and process that grief... Uh, so you can kind of just like bottle it up, but that's that's ultimately worse for you, which I know now because I have years of therapy. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so I I genuinely liked it. All right, let's move on because oh, there's... one more. Wait, I have okay. one more quick note. The background on her phone in this part of the movie of her and Peter napping together was allegedly one of the actors just happened to be napping together, and the the team like. Took How do it you for know them. that? Who told you this? <laughs> Um, I think that I was still on Tumblr when this movie came out, and that's what people were saying. (laughs) And I wanted to be like, that is not true. I'm gonna say I believe that they're friends, but it's not true that they were just napping like that. Adorable. She was in a. She's like been in a relationship for many years, and yeah, I don't. I don't know. Napping. I was like, they were like, wow, we just came across the two of them like napping together. I was like, no, that's not true. Yeah, I will. I will believe your marketing that they're friends, but there's a line I won't cross. Yeah, to make my like, I'm not an idiot. <laughs> All right. An, this part has a lot. Picture. OK, here we go. Yeah. At school, Peter stands up for Laura Jean, saying that if people talked about the hot tub video, he would kick all of their asses. Laura Jean confronts Jen, thinking she had been the one who posted the video, but she denies it and says she's still upset about the spin the bottle induced kiss between LJ and Peter in seventh grade. Laura Jean hashes things out with Josh and explains that her feelings for Peter showed her that her feelings for Josh weren't the real dear deal. Mm. Dear. She goes to find Peter. And he says that he only went to Jen's hotel room that night to end things permanently. They kiss. And then in the middle of the credits, another guy who received a letter arrives at LJ's door. 
which I accidentally stopped the movie before that happened. Whoops. Oh, um, yeah, this is also the, when Peter's like, whoa, 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 hey, hey, hey. Lots of, okay, <laughs> I think there was one too many whoa, 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 whoa's. Yes, yes. There's a funny compilation floating around somewhere of all his whoa, whoa, whoa's. And I think he uh, no longer does that because he realized people were making fun of him. Yeah. But it's cute. Um, um, this is yeah. where I had maybe the big, like, this is where the biggest flaw was for me in the movie, which is all of this stuff happens a little fast. And when Peter stands up for her, it's just really quick and it's not. It's so fast. Like it, it should be. I almost feel like that should be not the climax, like maybe the climax. Like it's just not enough. So fast. Um, but I think why yeah. didn't they wait like half a day and have him stand up in the middle of the lunchroom when there's more likely to be like everybody there i think what he should have done is gone onto the like you know what's that thing that the principal speaks into and everyone can hear it and the pa he should have gone on that and said i am peter whatever i did not have sex i did not have sexual relations (laughs) with that woman (laughs) yeah it's just something a little bit my my fellow americans (laughs) something a little more grandiose than just kind of shouting it at maybe 30 kids yeah, yeah. Some some of which like weren't thinking about it. Yeah. They're just like, I need to get to class, dude, move. Yeah, yeah. Uh I also think like Laura Jean realizes in this part of the movie, like, because of um what's her name? Genevieve, that her actions make a dent in other people's lives and she kind of like pretends that they don't, which is a good lesson for her to learn. Because again, she's extremely beautiful and well-dressed. Yeah. (laughs) Like, in the beginning when Genevieve makes fun of her combat boots, which are amazing and, like, I would wear them, (laughs) I'm like, I just don't believe this girl is a loser. Not at all. There's nothing to suggest that she is. And so I think the point, what you just said is right, is that it's just her perception of herself that people wouldn't care but they all she, do because um, she's so pretty. I like Peter's love letters because they're, they're again, like very high school. He's like, you did so well at a presentation and like you look really pretty today. And then they definitely reel us back in with like high school nostalgia because then they have her like march across the lacrosse field and he's kind of walking from afar <sighs> and it looks hazy. It's so good. It really works for me. They're, they're ki- <laughs> I mean, they're obviously referencing like 16 Candles type yeah. shots as well because like that's her thing. And It's so satisfying. It- okay, first of all, it's interesting because so many movies sort of wait for the kiss. Like famously, is it in High School Musical? They only kiss in the third movie? Totally. totally or something like that? Kiss. Like they've second kissed movie, second movie. multiple times. Is it the second movie? Yeah. Okay. They've kissed multiple times. about High School Musical. <laughs> and yet... <laughs> The kiss at the end is so satisfying. Totally. totally. Uh, and him saying, like, you know, like, you you have to trust me. Like, she's like, oh, my God, what are we going to do? Are we going to have a contract for a real relationship? And he's like, you got to trust me. And then and then there, it's maybe a little superfluous. But then he also says, you're going to break my heart, Covey. And then they kiss. Um, it's cute. It's very cute. Yeah. Um, I wrote that he had Mark Ruffalo vibes and I feel like that's what I've been trying to to pinpoint with him. And the last scene, I was like, oh, Mark Ruffalo, 13 going on 30. It is interesting because part of his appeal in this movie is that he's a scruffy boy uh, and not only just like a jacked uh, popular boy. He's also a little scruffy, <laughs> Mark Ruffalo. But um, I don't think that in other movies they play that up enough. Mm. They kind of just make him a popular jock. Um, but yeah, in 
something interesting is that at the end of the movie, John Ambrose McLaren shows up, who they then have to recast as Jordan Fisher in the next movie. Oh. So he's he's white in this, and then he's black. He's Jordan Fisher. Ah, uh, <laughs> um, interesting. And, I, and there were... There were some criticisms when this movie came out that like her love interests were two white boys. Uh, and I, I didn't, you know, whatever. But Jenny Han sort of was like, OK, I, whatever. Like, this is the story I wrote. And then I guess Netflix listened to the people and was like, OK, we'll cast Jordan Fisher, who's hot. And A star. Something. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I love Jordan Fisher. He's he's like he's he been rocks. in so many of those live Broadway things. He was in yes. Rent Live, which was really bad. And Grease Live and a very talented guy. Work it, work it, work it, work it, work out, work it. He definitely works um, out. Jane, have you ever had a big epic kiss at in high school? Nope. Um. Okay, this doesn't count, but this is just an embarrassing story, Ooh. which is that I only went to prom with a boyfriend one year, and we were like making out on the dance floor. Hell yeah! And looking back at it, it's so horrifying because. All the teachers are just standing around looking yeah. at you. And I'm like, God, that's it awful. It sucks to be a teacher there. Um, I did have one. When I first got together with like my first boyfriend, it was like almost like end of the movie vibes because it was at like the ninth and 10th grade dance. And we snuck up to like a balcony and we were like dancing above everyone else. Um, and we like you know confessed that we liked each other or whatever and like became boyfriend and girlfriend and then we kissed so that was nice but then he's now like a toxic person no <laughs> he's my like evil ex-boyfriend but um you know he was a romantic which is probably why we got together uh one time i did have a fight with a high school boyfriend because i wanted an epic kiss to happen and it didn't work out mm. so what <laughs> what happened was we were on one of these school trips and we were like at a place in uh, Thailand, which I lived in for a while, where you could swim in a waterfall. And I was like, hey, we should go, like, um, stand under the waterfall and kiss. And he was like, no, it's cold. <laughs> and I, like, fought with him. And I was like, you never want to do anything romantic. Like, it was just this. <laughs> and now I'm like, yeah, it was cold. <laughs> but also it could have been an epic kiss. <laughs> you should have sucked it up. Yeah, I was like, it'll take five seconds, dude. Like, let's do it. But it just became a bigger fight. Anyway, <laughs> uh, we've come to the end. With that, we've come to the end, everyone. Um, Jane, is this a good movie? Absolutely. It's well written. Yeah. All of the actors, I think, are great. They have chemistry. It's believable storyline. Likeable characters. Amazing. It's the last rom-com I was like, that was so good. Um, why? I'm trying to figure out what about this really just knocks it out of the park compared to other Netflix teen movies, which is the whole conceit of this fucking podcast. Um, and I think it just, like, doesn't feel like a computer made it. Like, I can tell that, like, an indie director made it and it's based on good source material. And, um, yeah, I, I don't know. Netflix hasn't quite figured out how to fool me twice with that, I guess. Well, what my mom said was, I really went into this thinking it would be painful, but it was actually very good. And I... <laughs> I was never in pain while watching this movie. I think that Netflix was just trying a bunch of different algorithms to try and get us to watch a movie. And this is just one that the machine put out that worked, which is like took a good director and took a good source material and a good script writer. And it worked. The dialogue is not painful, which is so wild. <laughs> <laughs> um, the second question is, do you like this movie? Yes. And I would say, 
I kind of love this movie. And I'll, I would even go so far as to say, like, I would watch it with my kid one day. Oh, like I would show a teen that I would say that I would I would I probably will watch this movie again within the next year. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I think like watching it every few years, like I could deal with um, what type of teen is this movie for? Do we have types of teens? I wrote down that a romantic teen would love this. And also the type of teen that looks at boys from afar and wish that the boy mm. would notice them. <laughs> totally. I think that's a great example for someone to just go out there and like start getting messy with your relationships. <laughs> no, I mean, it is like sometimes people sideline themselves and that's like, that's sort of what the perks of being a wallflower is about too, right? Like sometimes you just got to go and like live life and it's messier and scarier. Yeah. And it's like the way it is. And I think also like romantic teens who read a lot of fanfic would love this. Um, and I also think it's got enough realness and laughs that like it's a good one to watch with your boyfriend because like, I don't know, Nate likes it too. Nate's my boyfriend. All husbands are boyfriends. <laughs> All girlfriends are wives. That's just the rule. All women are wives. Oh, yeah. Good point. <laughs> but uh, all husbands are boyfriends still. <laughs> um, it's a good one. And my mom really loved it, too. So maybe one to watch with a sister, a mom. My parents liked it. It was yeah. great. Jane, what are you watching these days? What else are you watching? These um, days? The only notable thing is I watched for my Christmas Day, you know, Jewish movie watching. I watched Wonder Woman 1984. And I don't I don't really have anything unique to add to the commentary about it. Just <laughs> Gal Gadot is Gal Gal Gadot. Well, you just said her name like you had sped it up three times. Gal Gadot. <laughs> what the fuck? Gal Gadot. It's like when um <laughs> Harry Potter tries to say diagonally. <laughs> diagonally. Okay. Gal Gadot. I she's so beautiful. I mean, she's so pretty. It's fine. I I looked at her for two hours. That's fine. Also, Chris Pine is is my favorite Chris, and so uh, I heard he looks old. He does look old. It it's fine, and it works. Yeah, but it works the movie is is bad. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, I made it all the way through Tiny Pretty Things, Woo. which maybe we'll do on this podcast if we figure out how to do TV shows. Um, and I would say that it starts out strong. It's one of the best pilots that I've seen, but it does not finish strong. <laughs> but um, I'm happy that someone cast some real dancers in it because the dancing is cool. Um, yeah, I don't think. Yeah, I don't think I'll. Maybe I will watch Wonder Woman today, but maybe not. It's it's two and a half hours may, long. Yeah, it's so long. Maybe we'll put it on while like cooking. You should do that. I think Gal Gadot is pretty. Oh, I love how she That's looks. That's what I can say. It's just, oh, sorry, I can talk about it more. It's just the the evil no, person just didn't, it just didn't connect Pedro for Pascal. me. I've heard that like there's some good talent in it and they're just all tiptoeing around the fact that Gal Gadot cannot act. And so it's almost like um when you watch SNL and they're doing an SNL skit with, with the like, host. someone who's not, who's not a comedian. Yeah. Yeah. Like a musical guest. I would agree <laughs> that Gal is a she, model guest. I don't know. Her and Chris Pine like feel natural together, but Aww. she, yeah, it just didn't work I for me. I love Chris Pine. Have you watched Into the Woods? No, I haven't. He's Prince Charming in it and he's pretty fun. I love him. It is a weird he's story though. my Captain Kirk because I didn't really I like the original yeah. Star Trek series, so. Wow, that might, uh get us some unsubscribe <laughs> <laughs> i'm a next generation girl sorry uh, okay <laughs> um, time to end well time to end that was under the bleachers 
our podcast about teen content with a movie that we actually liked. <laughs> if you'd like us to do more, um, we would love if you hit that subscribe button, whatever way you get your podcasts. And please, please, please don't forget to rate and leave a review. It helps us, please. Uh, and share us with a friend and with a teen you can get in touch with us at <laughs> under the bleachers pod at gmail.com we got our first listener email folks thanks Hell Graham. Yeah. and it was so sweet find us on twitter at at bleacher teens see you next time under, under the, the bleachers, bleachers.